Welcome to WDW for Families, the original family-friendly trip planning podcast, helping you plan your Disney vacation for over five years. All right, welcome to WDW for Families, and we have got a mistake-prone podcast for you tonight as we talk about rookie mistakes, things that we have actually done or may have seen other people do that have possibly put a damper on Disney vacations. That is our podcast tonight. Tonight, we have a crew consisting of Charity. Hi there. We have Stephanie. Hello. We have Mark. Howdy. And we have myself. We are missing our Rusty. We're missing our Rock and Roll Express of Randy and Rusty tonight as they are not with us, but uh, we wish them the best and they'll be back with us soon, hopefully. Next week, hopefully. So anyways, we're going to be talking about those rookie mistakes that, that we've made or other people have made. This is kind of a topic that we have toyed around with for a long time. I think we actually did a, one of these shows back in the very early days of our podcast, but it's been a long time. After all, it's been almost 10 years now since we started this podcast. We really need to change the opening so because uh, we've, we've been around double the length of time that our opening says. So anyways, we're going to go in the traditional order. We're just going to have each one of us tell three things that we have done. I might, I might, may let Charity or Stephanie add a bonus one because they, they probably have more than three. But we're going to start with Charity. Charity's going to start us off with a mistake that she made or somebody she knows made. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. So this is something that I've personally done myself. Um, going to the park in the morning without having eaten breakfast first. Um, you know, I made the assumption, oh, we'll get to the park and then we'll stop and have breakfast. There are plenty of different places to eat. Uh, but by the time you do the travel and then you get into the park to then get in a line to wait for your food. Um, yeah, it does not start off my day great. That sets me starting off in the park in a pretty hangry mood. Um, so I, I did this on a trip recently. Uh, we went to the Hollywood studios and I thought, oh, well, that's perfect. They're going to have the Starbucks open, you know, and we can just stop there and get some breakfast. But apparently everyone else had had that same idea. And so by the time we were getting something to eat, I was getting pretty cranky. Um, so that that is something that I will not do again. I will always have some breakfast foods on hand. And, um, you know, we were definitely the kind of people that like to do uh, granola bars or applesauce pouches or um, something. And I, I would say even if you're planning to eat breakfast in the park, um, it is good to go ahead and have something in your hotel room before you leave and not make that rookie mistake like I did of thinking you'll just wait until you get in the park. All right, Stephanie, your turn for your first rookie mistake. Okay, so uh, my first uh, option I'm going to go with, actually with some feedback I got from a client actually yesterday. And um, so my clients were first timers. Um, Actually, the adults had been, but the kiddos had not been. And they were, they were a little bit younger kiddos, um, five and seven. 
And what they said was they they hit the park, Magic Kingdom first. They were gung-ho and jumped on Seven Dwarfs as their first ride. Uh, My client said that was a huge mistake uh, because apparently, um, you know, Seven Dwarfs is not a super intense ride, but it's it's a little bit faster (laughs) than some of the roller coasters. And she said when they got off that ride, the kids were done. They said, I'm not riding anything else. So it took them a long time even to coax them to ride Dumbo. Um, So I would say that my advice would be uh, to kind of ease your way into some of the roller coasters, especially if you have younger um, kiddos with you, and maybe start out with something like Barnstormer. Or start out with Dumbo or something really a little bit more simple. And as the kids get a little more comfortable, uh, you know, you can bump up to some other little more intense rides and just really kind of read your kids and see, okay, how did we do with this ride? And decide if you feel like they're ready to go to something else. So I would say instead of jumping in and doing the most intense rides, Um, just kind of pace yourself and don't set yourself up for that disaster. Stephanie, that is a great piece of advice. And I know that because I made that rookie mistake at Disneyland with my second child battle, who I took on the Matterhorn for his ever first Disney ride. And that was a mistake. Uh, Battle is still at age 16, kind of leery of roller coasters because I made the horrible mistake of taking him on the Matterhorn when he was a little four-year-old boy. Yeah, bad, bad mistake, Dad. It's like taking your four-year-old to see Tough to be a Bug for their first Disney show. <laughs> don't want to do it. Mark, what's your first rookie mistake, buddy? I, I would like to just chime in real quick on the roller coaster. Even if you want to go to another amusement park to get them acclimatized to rides prior to going to Disney because you're spending, you know, a good amount of money at Disney. But I have also traumatized my son on uh, Van Van Bolten at Busch Gardens, Williamsburg. Um, So I have also made that mistake and have continually paid for that for the last four years. Um, But my first, my first mistake, and it's a big one, is we went and stayed. I have family in Florida and my wife, or my wife has family in Florida and we stayed with her family and we did four parks, four days, um, and this was our first trip together. And I was, you know, hit the plans, had the itinerary, every second scheduled out from rope drop to nighttime spectacular, um, four days in a row, hour trip each way. And that is a wonderful way to make somebody who is, neither a Disney fan or not a Disney fan never want to go again. And I have lived that uh, mistake for the last 10 years. And it's, it's easy to do because you spend the money and you look at it and you go, I got to get every dollar. I got to get every bang for every buck. I got to maximize my day. And I, I made that rookie mistake. Yeah, that's a bad one. I've, I've been there, done that too. Back when we had the character mania, we had to see every character, Anyways, one of the very first years we did the not-so-scary Halloween party, I actually booked a character breakfast the morning after not realizing 
that that would be a horrible mistake, knowing that we would stay out at the not so scary Halloween party till about 11 or 12 that night and then have to get up at seven in the morning to rush to a morning reservation at Tusker House, which is what we did. And here's the thing is people fall into that trap all the time, this scheduling trap, not checking for, you know, you could even be at the Magic Kingdom and not know that a not so scary Halloween party is happening that night. So you really need to be aware of what is happening uh, in your scheduling process. So that was one of the first mistakes I made is I just, I didn't pay attention to my schedule. I didn't logically think out, okay, one day I'm going to do this. And the next day I'm going to do this. And you just need to be aware of that. Stephanie, what's your, or actually charity, what is your second biggest Disney rookie mistake? Um, So we, uh, a few years ago, we made the mistake of thinking, you know, we were going to save a couple extra bucks and we were going to drive down and we were going to stay at a hotel, you know, a couple hours away on, you know, on the way to Disney, but stay a couple hours away and just drive in to the park for our first day. And then check into our hotel after we spent the first day. You know, the thought process being we're going to save some money on the resort stay because we'll be staying at an off-site hotel a couple hours away instead of staying on Disney property for that night. And um, thinking that, you know, we're going to save time because we're going to go straight from our hotel. We're going to drive into Disney. We're going to go get as much time as possible in the park. And then you don't have to worry about, you know, getting in your room and everything until you're already done with the park. So you got as much time as possible. Um, You know, that in theory sounds like it should be a great idea. It was not worth any thought of money or time saved um, that we thought we had. It, you know, it it left a, a few days of our experience just started off with that tired overrun, you know, like you guys have talked about with cramming too much in, in short a period of time. Um, we just, we had to wake up super, super early. Cause you're thinking, you know, you've got to drive the two hours in from wherever you are um, on your way. And then instead of coming from Disney transportation that is going to take you straight from your resort to the park. We were going into the Magic Kingdom that day, so we had to drive in, wait in line for the parking lot, and then go through the whole next step of actually getting in front of the Magic Kingdom. And, um, you know, it, it just felt like the day was already taken out of us by the time we got to the park. And then we spent our day at the park. We were exhausted and then we had the pleasure of having to move all of our luggage and everything from the van into the room and get ourselves set up. So um, that was definitely for us one of those we're only going to do that mistake once. Um, saving the, you know, saving the little bit of money that was the difference between an off-site property a couple hours away and the Disney Resort, uh, and you know, thinking that we were saving time. None of that was worth it and um, it will not be repeated. <laughs> okay, Stephanie. Um, yeah, so uh, 
For my next one, I would say uh, it's definitely a rookie mistake to pre-trip, not familiarize yourself with the My Disney Experience app. I think, you know, that being able to kind of navigate that app and knowing all the things that you can do, knowing kind of how to mobile order, knowing, you know, all the things that it shows you, all the maps, and um, just the the plethora, <laughs> you like that word? The plethora of knowledge that you can get from that My Disney Experience app. Um, so I would say pre-trip, familiarizing yourself, and then also using that app on your trip. I think it just makes your entire trip better. It makes things more organized. Um, you know what you're doing and you know where you're going. So that's my advice uh, for rookies. Make sure you right, do number, that. All right, Mark, number two for you. I'm, I'm going to say getting, uh, when you're planning, getting caught um, planning on property too far apart, whether that's, you're at this park and you book a, a, a restaurant at a resort because there are t- tons, hundreds of places to eat. But to, to book one that maybe you don't exactly understand where it actually is. Um, an example would be I booked Beaches and Cream, which is the Epcot area resorts. And I was over in the Magic Kingdom area. And it's, it's a bit of a travel headache. It's not so hard leaving a theme park to get there um but it's still a a little longer transportation than you want and then on that exact trip i actually got caught at the resort and the park had closed and they stopped running the buses to the park so i can't you can't get back to your resort they don't have buses from beach club to the contemporary you have to go through disney springs or a theme park to make that trip. Um, and this was during COVID and the parks were closing earlier. So I had to go from, uh, beach club to Disney Springs, wait on the quote unquote, 20 minute bus from Disney Springs back to, uh, the contemporary. And it was a good hour and a half of travel time leaving and a, probably a good hour to get there. And that's just eating up a lot of your day for a 45 minute you know, a reservation. So I am guilty as charged of wasting time on dinner reservations across property. Mark, that, that brings up a really good point of, I, I think the classic rookie mistake is underestimating the travel time between one location and another. Uh, you know, when, when you're thinking about park hopping, oh, well, you're just going from one park to another. You know, especially for families that are maybe familiar with Disneyland and they've never been to Disney World before. Um, you know, when, when you read that, allow yourself 90 minutes of travel time before a dining reservation, the 90 minutes, ah, why would you do that? Um, at Disney World, you can definitely uh, need 90 minutes to get from one area of property to another. And um, yeah, I, I think that's, something that every rookie does you know you underestimate how long it's going to get from one place to another and um 
whether it be for a dining reservation or making sure that you're getting back to your resort in time for your magical express back to the airport. Um, yeah, I, I think it feels like those trips always take a little bit longer than you thought they would. Well, you, we, uh, you think that there's going to be transportation. Um, you know, you think from your resort to the magic kingdom or any of the, the uh, amusement parks, um, but there's some there's some gaps in the transportation resort to resort. You think in your head, you know, well, I can get everywhere from my resort, but you can't get to every other resort from your resort um, unless it just happens to be right next to a to a to one of the um, theme parks or another uh, of the attractions or whatever. So you can you can get yourself in a tough. There's not many of them, but you can get yourself in a tough travel position when going from resort to resort or if they're not running um, buses to the park that you thought you were going to take and then go back to your resort. So it, it definitely would be a, a, a good idea to kind of familiar, familiarize yourself with the, the traveling and, and how their systems work um, before you go. Because nothing's more frustrating when you're like, well, how do I get back to my resort? How do I get, where's, where's, and you're at a resort you're not staying at, trying to find their bus station because you decided to walk out International Gateway and tour that area. All right. So for my second rookie mistake, I'm going to say packing woes and not making a checklist of things that you need to take to Disney before going to Disney, you know, like forgetting a camera or a phone or a charging cord or ponchos or things like that. The things that you just kind of, it kind of frustrates you that you forgot. And then you have to take yourself out of the magic because you don't want to pay, you know, $30 for the same thing at Disney that you can get for 15 out at Walmart. And then you leave, you have to leave your resort and go off site to buy something. It just kind of, it's frustrating. And that's a rookie mistake that a lot of people make. Have a game plan, have a checklist, take check through the things that you were supposed to bring and make sure you don't leave home without them. And that's my rookie mistake. Cause we have left everything from a camera to our not so scary costumes at home. And it makes for a miserable time. So that's number two for me. We're ready for our third rookie mistake. We're going to start with charity charity. What is yours? Yeah, and, and this is one that I witnessed so many times that I made sure it was not going to happen to me. Um, it, it is not packing a costume for a small child. It, um, it, it happened so many times where, um, you know, I would be working out in the park and see, you know, a little girl that realizes other girls here are dressed up in princess costumes. Why am I not dressed in a princess costume? And that is, that is just the, the reason for a, a meltdown. <laughs> um, I, you know, I saw it happen so many times that I, I said to myself, you know, even if my daughter doesn't wear a costume, I'm, I'm going to bring some with me just so I will be ready um, because I witnessed so many of the conversations with the parents where the kids melting down and the one parent is saying to the other, I don't want to spend a hundred dollars on a dress just to make her stop crying. And the other parent is going into, well, but this is supposed to be a happy place and blah, blah, blah. 
And I knew I did not want to have that, um, that fight. So we, you know, we came prepared every, um, every trip. We made sure to have costumes for the kids and not just for my daughter. Um, you know, once my, my son was coming along with us, then we made sure that we had costumes for him as well. Um, even if, you know, even if they didn't end up wanting to wear them and we had just, you know, brought them and left them in the, uh, in the suitcase, that was well worth not having the meltdown of them realizing that they weren't having the experience that they were seeing other little kids have. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it doesn't apply to everyone. If you're an adults only trip, obviously that's not something you have to worry about, but if, if you are a family going uh, with kids, especially if it's their first time, once they get down there and they realize that other kids are dressed up and you know, especially if they see kids getting special attention, like the cast members that go, oh, hello, princess, that that can really trigger some little ones into um, maybe a temper tantrum or um, just a meltdown. It, it's not a good experience and one to avoid if you can. That's a sneaky good one. I like that one, Charity. That's really good. Stephanie, do you want to add to that? Well, I was going to say, you know, you could be like, I have an agent friend who, when she goes to Disney, she has three kids. And I am not exaggerating that they do like five outfit changes according to either what character they're going to see or what dining reservation they have. Like, I don't know how many suitcases she brings into the park. But anyway, it's adorable and it's exhausting. That's all I can say about that. Okay. So, yes. <laughs> um, so we, my, we've, my, done, we've done three in a day and that was, that, that was enough. We won't do that again. Wow. Um, that's, that's amazing is all I can say. Um, so my next rookie move would be, I would say, and this pertains also to families with small kids, is I think it would be a huge mistake to not research the height restrictions for rides. Um, I, I think it can be so super disappointing if you get your kiddo pumped up for this ride. Oh, we're going to go do this ride. Let's go. We're so excited. And then you get there. And that child is too short to ride. And then again, there again, you have the meltdowns. And I, so I think you're doing a disservice to your family. Um, if you have young kids to not research that ahead of time. The other thing is um, sort of touches on my previous one is if you feel like a ride, maybe too much for your kids before you go watch the YouTube video of it. Um, Watch it with them even and see, does this look like it's going to be something they're going to be comfortable with or is this going to be too intense? But um, that would be my last one, I would say. Yeah. All right, Mark. And Stephanie. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Charity. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Um, Stephanie, I'm, I'm going to second that. And I'm going to say not only attractions, but um, if you are going to be taking your children to a show, um, I can't tell you how many families ended up leaving Fantasmic when I was working there because, 
you know, they get into the show and they realize it is too dark and it is too scary and it is too much for their little ones. So, um, yeah, it, you know, attractions, but also shows. And, you know, if, if you're going in for example, for a Bippity Boppity Boutique, uh, makeover, I would say to go ahead, you know, you as the parent, watch a couple of videos on YouTube Make sure you know what the real experience is like. And believe me, parents, put up the real experience. Um, maybe pick out one that's not quite as tearful and, um, and go ahead and show that to your child before they're going for their um, bippity-boppity boutique. Because um, although we all see the beautiful pictures in the end, uh, there can be a lot of tears in that experience. Um, you know, little girls having someone else brush their hair, it, it's not always a great experience as much as you want it to be. And watching the YouTube videos ahead is a really great way to be prepared for that one. So definitely good suggestion. Okay, Mark. All right. Overbooking or underbooking your resort, meaning did you go with the value? Did you go with the deluxe? Um, based on the amount of time you are going to spend in your resort. Um, I have stayed at deluxe resorts and have, you know, you pay for those and have, have been attacking the parks during that trip and not have spent the time needed. Um, I'm a value person. And if I'm only spending, you know, nine hours of sleeping time in a deluxe resort, did I really get the best uh, bang for my buck? And the, the opposite side of the spectrum would be if you're going to spend a lot of time in a resort booking a value and maybe of getting a, a better experience if you did book that moderate or, or deluxe resort. Because, you know, like I said, they're, they're expensive. And if you're not going to be spending a, a, a whole lot of time, maybe jump, drop down from that deluxe to a moderate, save that money and spend it in the park or vice versa, upgrade from that value to the moderate if you're going to spend more time at the pools or in the resort doing activities, those sorts of things. Anyone want to add on to that? Yes, I guess not. All right. So good point, Mark. I, I, I think that's a valid point. So with my third one, I'm going to go with this. I, I have a couple of different thoughts, but one that I have is that I am a personality type that doesn't always uh, that's always changing his mind on things. Like I'm always, you know, seeing the grass greener on the other side. And I tend to um, toy with my reservations a lot. And a lot of times when I think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. And then I, I change my mind at the last minute. A lot of times when I do that, I think I should have done what I had originally thought. Um, and so tinkering with your reservations a lot is something that, that I, I think I'm, I'm, when I was first doing Disney reservations that I overdid that sometimes like, I'd be like, Oh, well, this reservation came up, this might be better. And I would change it. And then I wouldn't be happy with that decision. That's, that's something that I constantly did. And, uh, I, I regret that. So that would be my third I, one. Oh, go ahead, Mark. I suffer from chronic fear of better options, fear of missing yep. out, uh, FOBO and FOMO. <laughs> I, I, I have both of those and have, have guilty of exactly the same thing. 
tinkering too much with the plan and whether this is the best one or this is the best one. And it'll suck the life right out of you and it'll suck the fun out of the, the trip if you're not careful. Yeah, because if it doesn't live up to expectation, the thing that you replaced your original plan with, you go back and you start thinking, well, what if I'd have done what I originally wanted to do? Wouldn't, would, would it have been more magical? And you can really, you can really ruin your own vacation by doing that kind of stuff. So uh, any more thoughts on some rookie mistakes? I know that, that I had mentioned another one or two. Do you guys want to add a bonus one or two? Charity, do you want to add a bonus? Yeah, I've got a bonus one. Um, and I, I, I know I'm kind of focusing on the young kids in this one, but, um, but I, I think it's a really handy one. Do extra, 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 extra potty breaks. <laughs> so, um, you know, we've, we've all seen it happen where you're in a long line and then, you know, mom's got to take one of the kiddos out of line to get to the bathroom to come back. Um, you know, I would say if you are approaching a queue and it is more than 15 minutes, just go ahead and say, we're just going to make a quick potty stop and then we're going to get in line. Uh, it's going to save you a lot of hassle, fear of an accident, um, you know, and don't ask the kids, hey, do you need to go? Should we go? Don't ask because the kid is thinking, I could be on a ride. And, um, and then you're going to have the last minute dance while you're in the queue. And, um, and you might not be as close to a restroom as you think you are. So, yeah, uh, it's, you know, it, it may not be the, uh, it, it may not be the rookie mistake of everyone, but if you have little kids, do not underestimate the, the number of potty trips that you need to make during the day. Make it a top priority. Stephanie, do you want to add one real quick here at the end? That was a good one, Charity, by the way. I do. And this is a rookie mistake, unfortunately, that I still make. But I'm going to give it to you. Um, I try to learn. But one of the biggest mistakes that I tend to make is that when I'm at any of the parks, and I see something that I, I'd like to buy, I have a tendency to wait and say, you know what, I can get that later. And that is the hugest mistake that you can make because you will waste so much time. I feel like I'm yelling, sorry. <laughs> you will waste so much time <laughs> being like, where are those sunglasses? Or where is that one? That sweatshirt that I really wanted, where is it? And then you're, you're wasting time. You're going up to cast members. Hey, where can I find that yellow sweatshirt with the Walt Disney World? So all of that is to say, when you see something you want, buy it. Yeah, so Stephanie, 1,000 yes. million billion percent. That is one of the best yeah. things I've heard you say tonight, I, I, uh, this from experience about 10 years ago, we saw a Donald Duck plush that we really wanted. It was the park ranger animal kingdom, Donald Duck plush. And it was like on a Monday and we're like, ah, oh, we'll just get it Thursday as we're leaving. They took all of them off the shelves on the Wednesday while we were there. And it was discontinued completely. 
and you could not find one. And I had to go back on eBay and buy it for like three times from what we saw it on that Monday. So if you see something at Disney that you want, buy it then. Good point, Stephanie. Great job, Charity. Yes, we, you know, we, we made the same mistake with bubble wands. So uh, it was the first trip that we saw bubble wands and the kids wanted bubble wands. And we said, oh, yeah, well, let's let's not buy them right now. Let's get them later. And um, we did not know because it felt like every kid had a bubble wand. It didn't it didn't seem like they were a hot item. Bubble wands were sold out. That apparently was the last of the stock. And the rest of our trip, we spent going around. Do you have any bubble wands? Do you have any Mickey bubble wands? Do you have any Mickey bubble wands? And we ended up um, chasing down stock and, you know, going to two different resorts that we were not staying at just to try to find it in their gift shops. And then over to the uh, ESPN Wide World of Sports area to try to buy one there. Um, we lost hours of our trip trying to find these bubble wands because when we saw them the first day, we said, sure, kids, you can have them. You really want those? We'll get those later. And, um, yeah, and I had to break to the promise to the kids because after all that, you know, we lost all that time and we still never got the item for them. Um, Stephanie, that is 100% true. If you see it and you want it, buy it. It, um, it. it is much better than missing out and regretting it. Mark, I feel like you've been quiet for a while. Do you want to add something here? I had one, but Rusty texted into me and wanted to make sure that I added that a Big rookie mistake is not bringing an extra pair of socks. Um, so <laughs> I will give up. I will give up my my honorable mention for Rusty's probably number one and not having extra socks I, in the park. I have never brought extra parks into Disney, and you know why? Because I don't ride water rides at Disney. Maybe maybe Splash Mountain, but I don't. I don't do that so i don't usually have to suffer through wet socks so anyways all right anyone else want to add something to this podcast which i think you know this has been really helpful i think if you're a rookie disney goer i think this is a must listen i think we've gotten some good advice tonight anyone want to add yeah. anything i i want to add one more in um, okay I, I think you know so many families that are coming and um, they're looking online, they're seeing the Facebook groups, and um, maybe they're going on to like the travel planner website, and they're, they're thinking, we're going to plan this out. We are going to know exactly what we're doing. And um, they over plan. They have too high of expectations. You know, you go in there thinking, we are going to hit all of these items and we are going to go from here to here to here to here and we are going to buzz through and we're going to get all this stuff knocked off our list. And I think that is a classic rookie mistake of going in with the expectation of, hey, we've never been there before, but these people say we can do four parks in one day, so we're going to do it. <laughs> you know, having these, these grandiose expectations of what, you know, what all you are going to get done during your trip. I think um, I, I think it is a much better plan 
to go in and have your top things in mind, you know, things that you really want to do, but you know, the over planning, the comparing your trip with the best of everyone else's top trip when they've been there a dozen times. Um, it, it, it's, it's daunting and it can really make what would be a wonderful trip not seem as great. Well, I think we, I think we've all been on this podcast long enough to know what each and every one of our pet peeves is. And my number one pet peeve has always been, do not treat Disney like a scavenger hunt. Do not try to do that. Do not try to come down here and conquer the magic kingdom in one day because you're going to ruin it for yourself and you're going to make other people miserable. Like Mark said earlier with one of his pieces of advice, there, there is nothing more miserable than, than trying to get a large group of people to go exactly where you want all day. It's just exhausting. And so just, you know, work out your schedule, but be okay with not doing everything. And that that's really one of the secrets to enjoying Disney World is to be laid back about it. Another secret to Disney World is get sleep. Actually go to sleep. Do not stay up late every night at Disney and try to get up early. You need your sleep. Everybody needs to be in a good mood. So anyways, I think we've talked about a lot of stuff. I, Stephanie, you look like you've got something to add. Do you have something to add? She does not. Mark, anything you want to add? No. Oh, okay. All right. So we're good to go. You're never too old to wish upon a star. Mm-hmm.